Well, I tell you, it's, uh, it's great to be here. We have visited, we say visited, you know, dropped in on y'all a couple of times. But to actually be able to show you and tell you a little bit more of what's going on in Mexico, uh, that's really what we wanted to do for a while. You know, the, uh, the last couple of slides there, you saw a slide with four people. Did you see what was different with them? The four people that accepted Christ in the ministry there and something different about them, what was that? They'd gone on to heaven. What would have happened had the Bradleys not been there? That's the reality of it. Um, I'd like to share a story of another couple. It's um, a couple that we know, have known for where we live. It's, kind of, it's part of Mexico City, but it's kind of like a small town because it's so kind of removed from the rest of the city. It's the most south part of Mexico City. And in this most south part, uh, we've kind of uh, become integral members of the community. We've helped in a lot of things. We taught English, which is a big thing for them, uh, to have somebody that actually speaks English try to teach them. <laughs> and uh, so we've had a relationship with a lot of people. And there's a couple in there. The, the wife's name is Elodia. Can you all say Elodia? Okay, we're going to try it again because some of you didn't say it right. <laughs> One, two, three, Elodia. And the man's name, this is going to be hard, Jose. <laughs> See, they said Jose so, so easy. Well, they're, they're friends of ours, and uh, they actually had a restaurant, and we'd eat sometimes at their restaurant. And, and when we say restaurant, they had a table. You know, that's their restaurant. They had one table. And uh, I told Jose a little bit about uh, Jesus and uh, he says I've never heard somebody talk like that about Jesus I want to know more and we invited him to our house and and he would say yes but he never came which you know you've seen that sometimes and then last uh, July was my birthday and um, Elodia came with a special treat some sweetbreads and um, a tole made out of the corn that's blue blue corn and um, it was really good and uh, we were able to share the gospel with her, and Elodia accepted Christ on my birthday. So I told her we share the same birthday. <laughs> Mine's physical and hers is spiritual, you know. And uh, she said that her husband um, would like to come, and we'd say, well, anytime he wants to come, we'll be here. And he just wouldn't come. He'd say he wanted to come, and he wouldn't come. And we found out the reason was because he's an alcoholic. And um, he'd be too embarrassed to show up drunk, so he wouldn't come. They put him in a recovery center, and uh, he was going to get out uh, the day before we left uh, Mexico. He actually got out on Saturday, and we we're leaving Monday morning very early. And uh, I said, could you really convince him to come? We want to talk to him before we leave. And she goes, yeah, I'm going to try to really convince him. And he said he would. And so we were hoping he would, because all those other times he said he would and he didn't but yes he did come so we had lunch with uh, Elodia and Jose and we explained the gospel to him and I started out by saying have you ever asked forgiveness for your sins and you know a lot of people have done that but they've never included Jesus in their prayer and I said well you know the only thing missing in your prayer is that you, you didn't rec recognize Jesus and you know, he's the reason you be, can be saved. And we talked about that, and we went at another angle, and 
After about 20 minutes of, 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 of witnessing to him, he says, so what you're telling me is it's all about Jesus. Yeah. I said, you finally got it, you know. And uh, so he wanted to pray to receive Jesus as a savior. So now Elodia and Jose are waiting for us to come back and we'll be back on Wednesday and talk to them about when they want their Bible study. They wanted a Bible study. And we said, when we get back, we'll do a Bible study with you. And I mentioned that story. I mean, we could mention a lot of them, uh, a lot of stories. And uh, we have in the past. You all have been good to read our letters. I know you read our letters and pray for us. But I mentioned this story because they just needed a little help, didn't they? they, they, they it's not like they didn't want to be saved. You know, there's some people that, oh, I'm atheist and I don't care. No, they wanted to be saved. They wanted to hear about Jesus. They just needed a little help from somebody that knew. And I want us to look in our Bibles, if, if you're all real kind to look up in Acts, Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read Acts chapter 1, 8. It says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall come be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in, this, in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And what do we call that? We call that the Great Commission. And in Matthew 28, it also talks about that, baptizing, you know, uh, what does it say? Teaching them and then baptizing them and then teaching them again. All things. We make disciples, we baptize them, and then we teach them all things. So this is the process that is the Great Commission. But I, I want you to see three people in Acts, and it's gonna, we're going to fly through this pretty quickly because we're going to talk about Acts 8, 9, and 10. Three chapters. Woohoo! Let's get going, right? And Pastor never told me when my time was to stop was, so I'm assuming it's 9 o'clock or something, you know. <laughs> I'm going to hurry. <laughs> you know what the deal is, is uh, everybody just needs a little help. And I want you to understand that, that phrase. They just needed a little help. That's going to be the phrase, the key phrase for this. In Acts 8.26, if you can look at Acts 8.26, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, under the way that, is, that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. So God is directing him where he's going to go. And oftentimes we hear from God where we should go. He puts in our heart somewhere to go, someone to talk to. And if our response is like Philip, we're going to immediately go and do it. Listen what he says. And he says, And he rose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. So he found a man that worked for the government of Ethiopia. And when I say government workers, what do you think? Are those good people or bad people? That's a funny question, isn't it? Some people think they're good people, and some people think they're not. But let's see what the Bible says about this man. He was a member of the government. He was, and it says, and it says uh, who had the charge of all our treasure. He was the treasurer. He was the guy that could buy and, and do all things under authority and all that. He was probably very educated because you have to be. And it says, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, for to worship. Wow, look at this man who's a member of the government of another country, and he went all the way to Jerusalem to worship God. And the big question is... Um, He's got to be saved, right? Well, if it takes just worshiping God to be saved, there's a lot of people saved. But that's not what it's about. You have to accept Christ as your Savior to be saved. So he was religious, but he wasn't saved. 
Look what else it says. Was returning and sitting on his chariot. He's returning to Ethiopia and re reading. He read Isaiah, the prophet. Now he's reading the scriptures. Now there probably was the, the not the Hebrew version, but the Greek version. But either way, it's a learned man. He, he knows how to read. He's reading the scriptures. And it's interesting the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, This is the question. Understandest thou what thou readest? I mean, here this learned man, this guy of great authority, and he's saying, Do you know what you're reading? Can you understand that? So what does he say? He's like, Well, sure, I can, I, yeah, I'm no, yeah. No, this is what he said. How can I accept some man should guide me? Sometimes people just need a little bit of help to understand who is this Jesus. Because what he's reading is the Old Testament that doesn't mention the name of Jesus. It's talking about somebody, and in Isaiah 53 is the passage, and it's talking about somebody who is, I'll just read it in verse 32. It says, the place of scripture read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth in his humiliation. His judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This is talking about Jesus at his crucifixion, almost like a newspaper clipping. You know, but it was 700 years before it happened. How weird is that? You know what? The Ethiopian eunuch says, was the prophet talking about himself or another man? Now, if all he needed to know was about Jesus, this is a great jumping off spot. <laughs> this is a great jumping off spot. And it says... Um, Philip opened his mouth in verse 35 and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He told him about Jesus, probably told him about this is God in the flesh, probably told him that this is the prophecy that from the Old Testament was talking about God coming down in the flesh to live a life. He healed people. He taught people. He was the Messiah and he came to save us and they killed him. He probably said he was buried and he rose again. And that's why we baptize people, to recognize the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He probably said all that. It doesn't mention that he said all that. But the reason why I say he probably said all that is look what it says. And they went on their way in verse 36, and they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He's like, Why can't I be baptized? Talked about baptism. Why can't I be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ, and when he says Jesus Christ, he knows Jesus the Messiah is the Son of God. He accepted Christ, finally, after being very religious, because he just needed a little bit of help. The next guy is uh, in Acts 9. Acts 9, 1 says, And Saul, you remember Saul, Yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that, he, uh, that if he found any in, of this way, when they said of this way, the, the way because Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, you know, the way to heaven, anybody that believes in Jesus, anybody in this way, whether they were men or women, he wasn't being very merciful at all, was he? He might bring them bound to Jerusalem. I'm going to ask you the same question. Was Saul a bad guy? 
gets real quiet when you think about Saul because he killed people. When you say, was he a bad guy, normalmente, normally, normalmente, <laughs> the Spanish just slips out. Normally, he, we would say he's a bad guy because he killed people. But if you were a Jewish person, you'd say he's just standing up for his faith. You know, he's just a zealot. He's just holding on. He's jealous for heaven. He's jealous for God. That's what he's doing. So is that a bad guy? All of a sudden, it gets kind of unclear. Is he a bad guy or not? You know what he is? He's a lost man. Very religious, extremely religious. To the extreme of extreme, he was religious. And we've met some people like that, haven't we? They're the kind that'll shoot you just because you disagree with them. But what they need is some little bit of help to know who Jesus really is. In the road to Damascus, he saw a light shine, uh, from heaven shine round about him, and he fell to the earth. In verse 4, he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I'll tell you, religious people don't have a personal relationship with God. They don't know God like we know God. And he said, who art thou, Lord? He recognized him as the Lord, but he said, who art thou? I don't know you. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He's probably a little spooked by now. But listen to what it says. He says, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now this is a saying that everyone's like, I don't even know what that means. If you were a farmer and you had an ox to plow with, you would know what this means. Because there's a tool that's called an ox goad, and it's a long stick with a point on it. And if the ox is going this way, you poke him and he goes this way. If he's going too far this way, you poke him and he goes this way. And this is how the farmer guides the ox. Does that make sense? Now you all know what this saying means. God was trying to direct Saul, and Saul was kicking against this guiding of the Holy Spirit. He was resisting the Holy Spirit. You know people that do that? Somebody raise your hand because we do that. We do that. So Saul was kicking against that, and trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will have me to do? Now, Jesus could have said, okay, I'm going to lay it out for you. I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to make all this clear. You know what he did? He says, I'm going to send you to somebody, a person that will help you. Because he needed a little help from somebody that knew. Rise and go uh, into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men that journeyed with them were speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. They were spooked, because this was obviously an apparition of God. And if you look in verse 10, 9, 10, it says, There was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, here am I. Or here, yeah, I am here. And uh, the Lord said unto him, Rise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Now you can bet that when he heard Saul of Tarsus, he's like, uh, 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 backing up and saying, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I heard about that guy. He's a bad guy. Remember what I said? Was he a bad guy or was he just confused? 
He was lost. He didn't know. He needed somebody to help him. Sometimes there's people that we should be helping and we don't want to. Oops. That's a problem with us, right? So Ananias answered, I have uh, heard of this man. And the Lord said, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel. In verse 15, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. God says, I'm going to use this man in the ministry. So it depends on Ananias to go and tell him so that Saul can be healed of, uh, of a sight and to hear who is this Jesus, how to be saved based on faith in Jesus. And it talks about Ananias went his way and entered the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the uh, Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou cometh has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure he talked to him about baptism because it, here it is. He rose and was baptized. So the two men that had the same problem, they needed a little help. Let's look at a third guy in verse uh, chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now you guys read that and you, you understand what it says because the Romans were, were from Italy. They're from Rome, Italy, right? How many of you ever known somebody or had been in the special forces? That's what these guys are. These guys are the special forces. The Italian band, they're the ones that they sent. If there was a problem, we're going to send the Italian band. Oh, no, don't send them. They're the special forces that are going to take care of business. So is he a bad guy? Do you think he would be a bad guy or a good guy? We're kind of not sure, are we? Let's see what it says about him. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house. Wow, a devout man that feared God. That sounds like somebody that's saved, right? Which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. This sounds like a guy that's probably could be a member of this church. Doesn't he sound so active in the Christian life? But you know what? He's not saved. Why? Because he doesn't know about Jesus. That's what he needed. He needed to know about Jesus. So God sent, had a dream, or Cornelius had a dream, and God told him, send for Peter. And Peter's going to come and tell you what you need to know. And I love how it says it in verse... Um, where am I? Verse 24. It says, And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together all his kinsmen and near friends. In verse 24. You know what that means? Cornelius knew that he was going to hear from God about what he should do. He was a religious man. He tried everything. But he wasn't saved. And he knew God was going to tell him how to be saved. So what did he do? He called together all his family and friends. How many of you invited your family and friends to church? You hear from the pulpit here. You hear the word of God. You hear from God in a sense that the preaching is the word of God. Do you invite your friends and family and 
neighbors and acquaintances to church? We ought to be more like Cornelius in that. Y'all remember the story about Peter when he was um, hungry and wanted to take a nap and waiting for the food and y'all have a dream about food when you are hungry and taking a nap he had a vision and God was showing him something that sheet came down full of critters and I say critters because it wasn't good food it was like weird things like spiders and snakes and lizards and the kind of stuff you're not supposed to even touch and God told him kill that and eat and Peter said this he says Nay, Lord, because I've never had anything unclean touch my lips. Never eaten anything that wasn't kosher. So you know what? God told him, don't you dare call unclean what I say is clean. You know, it wasn't a recipe or anything he was trying to teach him. God was trying to teach him, don't be prejudiced. Don't be prejudiced against certain groups. You know why he had to do that? The Jewish people thought they were the only ones that could be saved. They genuinely thought they were the only ones that could be saved. Oh, you want to be saved? You've got to become Jew. That's what they thought. What's the truth? Oh, you want to be saved? You need to accept Christ. That's the truth. Oh, even the Jews have to accept Christ? You got it. Everybody, got to, everybody has to accept Christ to be saved. But Cornelius didn't know about that. And God had to tell Peter, go tell Cornelius because he's going to get saved. And Peter would have said, but how can he get saved? He's unclean. Don't you dare call unclean what I say is clean. And Peter was come in, and verse 25, Cornelius met him. Now this is what religious people do, okay? I'm going to tell you. This is what religious people do. And he says, and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. You know, there's a lot of unsaved religious people that worship their pastor. And I love your pastor. He's a good friend, but I'm not going to worship him. And everybody, one of you will say, yeah, you got that. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am, uh, also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that come together. I got to hurry up real quick here. He started telling about Jesus. He started telling them that there's this man that came down and taught, and we were witnesses. We saw him teach. We saw him heal people. We saw all these things, and then they killed him. And then God raised him up, and we saw him after, and we're witnesses of this. And he told them about Jesus, how he's the Savior. Probably told them about baptism. As a show of... Uh, Understanding the death, burial, and resurrection. It says, and God, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which is ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. You understand why Jesus is the one that can judge us? It's because he's the one that died for us. That's the, that's the reason. What's interesting is, as soon as these people heard about Jesus... This religious group heard about Jesus. They just needed a little help. They heard about Jesus and they said, that's what I want. I'm going to accept Christ as my Savior. And wow, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And the Jewish people are like, wait a minute, they're not Jews. How'd that happen? 
You know how it happened? They accepted Christ as their Savior. And all these three, as well as all those people that we've seen in Mexico, accept Christ. You know what the secret is? Jesus. You have a lot of flags. Anybody know what those flags represent? Missionaries that you are helping be where they need to be to help people. To help people know about Jesus. And it's interesting because you all are here. You know why you're here in Springfield? To help people know about Jesus. You know, we're all in this together. You go to every one of these countries because missionaries go there. Does that make sense? This church goes to every one of these countries because missionaries go there. The partnership is a wonderful thing that God has designed. But when I'm in Mexico, who's going to talk to people? Here in Springfield, in Republic. Who's going to talk to them? You all. Your neighbors, your friends. They just need a little help. I want you to think of somebody right now. All of you know people that aren't saved. Think of somebody that's not saved right now. Think of them right now. Picture their face in your head. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we think of these people, I'm asking that you would open their hearts, open their minds, open their ears to your gospel. Help them to understand it's all about Jesus. Help them to be able to receive the message and be able to just accept you as their Savior. And I also pray, Lord, for 